Hooley. On this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. The Big Ten doesn't care. They don't care. That's clear to me that that doesn't make any difference about where these kids are going to get drafted. That's not on their radar. There's no interest in that. Well, he's not alone in thinking that. Good morning, everybody. It is a uh, Friday, September 11th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Solo today, as you can tell from the uh, lack of Spielman in his chair. Uh, I'm with you today because Spiels is in San Francisco. He's got the uh, Niners and the Cardinals in the NFL season opener for the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups on Sunday. I'll take you through the next 45 minutes or so. Um I have a golf date today with my wife. Yes, it's my wife's birthday present to me that we get to go out and uh, play golf today. So I'm excited about that. I hope you're excited about uh, what you saw last night in Kansas City on the field. Some fans were not excited about what they saw before the game. We'll talk about the smattering portion of booze uh, during the game when the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs locked arms in a show of... Uh, unity for equality, and that's being roundly criticized on uh, social media, which is just fine as long as you realize that your right to criticize it um, and the player's right to exercise it and the people's right to boo it are all things granted to you by the First Amendment. Uh, It's funny to me that uh, we want to allow speech we like and disallow speech we don't like. That's not the First Amendment. Now, there's some things the First Amendment doesn't allow you to do, which is block traffic, burn down businesses, and all that in the course of exercising your First Amendment right. But I thought it was interesting to see how... um, sharply things were criticized and I was like you know you really don't get the first amendment and that was obvious to Chris this week when he appeared on Fox and Friends and they asked him about NFL teams protesting the anthem and stuff like that and he said look uh, first amendment he said it on this podcast many times first amendment is not a la carte you don't get to pick and choose you know when you order a la carte on a menu you maybe a high-end steakhouse you order your steak and then you go and you survey and you order your side order your appetizer and you order your... Everything's priced separately, a la carte. Well, the First Amendment is not a la carte. You can't say, yeah, you have freedom of expression, but not that expression. No, 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 no. So um, we'll see more of this uh, as the season unfolds and as everything is politicized these days. It's pointless to say, you know, keep the politics out. But I actually think that the booze last night uh, you know, uh, people assume when they don't like something, they assume the genesis of the opinion they disagree with. And so I saw a lot of, well, how could you boo equality? Like, what's wrong with you if you're booing equality? I don't think people were booing equality. I mean, there may be a few morons who are against equality, who are against justice, who are against fairness, who are against ending racism. There are a bunch of, you know, fringe opinions out there. Maybe a few people in the crowd held that opinion. Uh, They're nuts. They're crazy. They're wackos. Shouldn't pay any attention to that opinion. But what I think we saw last night was one of two things. 
I think we saw fans boo. The game was in Kansas City, 22% capacity. I think we saw fans boo the Texans for staying in the locker room during the anthem because the Chiefs were on the field and all but one of them stood. One player, I don't know who it was, I forget his name, knelt with his fist in the air, which again is his right. I wouldn't do it. It's not my favorite uh, activity. I would have to, if, if he were my son, I would say, you embarrassed me? Yeah, you embarrassed me. My daughter will never do that, I promise you that. Not because I tell her not to, but because she knows not to because that's her personal choice. She loves her country. She loves her grandfather who fought for her country. She wouldn't do it. But if she did do it, I wouldn't tell her that, you know, I would disown her. I would tell her I disagree with her. So, you know, he said, but anyway, the Chiefs fans, I think we're booing the Texans for not coming out on the field or, and this is what I really think it is. I think the fans who booed, most of them were just like, could we have a night without anything rancorous? Anything. Could we? Could after COVID and after riots and protests and looting and shooting, could we just have a night for football? Would that be okay? I think that's what that was. And I don't blame them for that. Uh, They're entitled to their opinion as well. Speaking of opinions, welcome in to a September 11th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. The most important opinion to many Ohio State football fans voiced yesterday was the opinion voiced on uh, social media by head coach Ryan Day. Um, Obviously, roundly supported by Ohio State fans and by his Ohio State coaches. Ryan Day took to social media yesterday with a statement uh, decrying things that Chris and I have uh, decried here for weeks since the Big Ten's August 11th announcement that there would not be football played on a normal time schedule this fall. Ryan Day criticizing Big Ten leadership for lack of transparency. Here's some of what he said. Reading from the statement, while I understand the Big Ten Conference decision to postpone the football season because of the health and safety considerations, the communication of information from the Big Ten following the decision has been disappointing and often unclear. Fact check true. However... We still have an opportunity to give our young men what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for the national championship this fall. I couldn't possibly be prouder of how this team, our medical personnel, athletic director, and president, have stayed together and managed through this extremely difficult time with so many unanswered questions. The Big Ten Medical Subcommittee has done an excellent job creating a safe pathway toward returning to play in mid-October. Okay, so he covered all his bases there. He said nice things about... Gene Smith, he said nice things about Christina Johnson. He said nice things about the medical experts at the Big Ten. Notably, he did not say anything nice about Commissioner Kevin Warren, whose leadership has been lacking. Uh, Ryan Day wraps up with this, and this is the crux of it. It gets to the heart of what his issue is, my issue is, Chris's issue is, and I think most of you's issue is. He says, these young men and their parents have asked so many questions that I do not have an answer to. But the one that hurts the most, the question that hurts the most, why can these other teams and players play and we can't? Duke is playing Notre Dame and Clemson is playing Wake Forest this weekend. Our players want to know why can't they play? Why can't they play? That's a fair question. It deserves an answer. The players deserve an answer, not just on why. And I really do think that question has been answered by the Big Ten. 
the answer you don't like, but I think it's been answered. And the answer is when we vote and 14 schools have uh, a an equal voice in the whole shooting match, the majority of our 14 members don't think it's safe to play. Or at least that's the reason they're hiding behind. Okay, I think there are other reasons why they don't want to play. They might gain something from not playing in the mind of those who are voting no on immediate football. But I think the answer why they're not playing is because, you know, their official answer, (laughs) it may not be the truth, we don't think it's safe. But I think they need to answer two things. Why don't we think it's safe in light of other conferences playing? Cite some of your august medical information. I'm sure you have it. Everybody can find a medical study or a doctor or an epidemiologist or something to support their opinion on this, right? So at least show us that. But the other question that they really, really need to answer is, when are we going to play? When do we think it will be safe to play? This is what we're waiting to happen so we can play. We're waiting on rapid testing availability. We're waiting on the uh, infection rate on campuses to come down to X. We're waiting for the CDC to tell us this. We're waiting for something course they can't say we're waiting on the election to be over because the uh, head of the california state school system said that yesterday and it didn't land well with a lot of people who think this is chiefly first and foremost political but they do need to answer some questions and just hiding in the big 10 offices or in their own you know personal enclaves in kevin warren's case with numerous plaques on his wall extolling his ascension to Big Ten commissioner, uh, that's not a good strategy. That's not a good strategy. Now, I know a lot of you who are Ohio State fans were heartened yesterday when you saw Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, who I went to my first journalism class at Ohio State, uh, Dave Yost was in it. He looked a lot different then. Not facially, hair-wise. He had... uh, he had a long hair with, I think he had a, he was a man bun before man buns. I would not have predicted way back then that Dave Yost would ever end up the uh, attorney general of the state of Ohio. And I sure would not have predicted that he would be a Republican attorney general of Ohio. But at any rate, <laughs> Dave Yost yesterday gave Ohio State fans hope that Ohio State might sue the Big Ten for damages related to not playing football. Hey, to sue for damages, you got to have losses. Ohio State's definitely going to have financial losses without playing Big Ten football. You got to have a claim. And Ohio State, Dave Yost made a powerful case that, you know, they have a claim because they have a con- you know an implied contract with the Big Ten. We're in the conference. We're going to play football. Every year when we play football, we can charge this for tickets, this for parking, this for concessions, this for gear. So they can make a claim. But without throwing ice water on this very idea that the Big Ten might go, oh my goodness, Ohio State's going to sue us for 
tens of millions of dollars. We better hurry up and play football. Uh, let me just tell you that that is not in Ohio State's nature to do that. It just is not. It is not in Ohio State's nature to sue the Big Ten Conference. What would tell you that Ohio State would ever go forward with some kind of contentious, embarrassing action like that against the Big Ten? Does that seem like something that Gene Smith would do? He would come out, stand at a press conference, we're suing the Big Ten. This is just utterly unacceptable. No, it's not in their nature. They are the preeminent program in the league, yet despite that and despite having the leverage that comes with it, they are uninterested in setting themselves apart, creating the illusion that they are above everyone else in the conference. Hey, we're special. No, they adopt adopt the posture that they are one of 14. Now, they are one of 14 in terms of membership. They are not one of 14 in terms of accomplishment and power. Do you think ESPN pays millions and millions and millions in TV money to the Big Ten because they think they're going to get the old Oaken Bucket game between Purdue and Indiana? Or uh, the Little Brown Jug game between Minnesota and Michigan? No. They don't even pay that because they're going to get the Illibuck trophy between Illinois and Ohio State. They pay that because they're going to get the Ohio State-Michigan game and they're going to get the Ohio State and fill-in irrelevant opponent game. That's why they do it. Ohio State has the leverage. Now, if you've been in a situation where you've had leverage... You know that you need to sometimes exercise it or the other party will start to take you for granted. Ohio State has not yet chosen to exercise the leverage that it has in the Big Ten, and I think this is the time. I think this is the time for Ohio State to say, look, we got a generational team here. This could resonate into the future for us in terms of giving for cancer hospitals, for academic programs, and the like, if we win a national championship, it builds our university community when we draw together in support of a football team. 2020, my friend, is not the season that we're skipping because of COVID or anything else. If you don't let us play in the conference, we're going to go play. We're going to line up our own opponents, and we are going to play. And you are not going to stop us. I think that's what Ohio State should do. And if Ohio State does it, Penn State's going to do it. Iowa's going to do it. Nebraska's going to do it. I mean, you say, well, nobody else is playing non-league games. I mean, if you got to play them home and home, play them home and home. you got to go find UAB or Arkansas State or whatever. You get to 10 games, you get to 10-0, and 0, they're not going to leave you out of the playoff if you're Ohio State. But if you're not playing, they're going to leave you out. You're playing in late November, December, they're going to leave you out. Maybe by October, maybe. Okay, what about that? What about this oft-rumored, as-yet, not-happening, second Big Ten chancellor-president vote on football. I have nothing concrete to report other than The Athletic and ESPN are reporting that if the league has the votes, they will re-vote and they will reinstitute football on probably an 
as soon as they can basis. I still think October 10th is realistic. It's September 11th. You got a month. I know it's not ideal. Nothing about this season has been ideal so far. They've been practicing. It's not like they've been home and their feet are up and they're eating chips and the only muscle they've exercised is their thumb on the remote control. They've been practicing. They've been working out. They've been doing all the stuff they normally do. So don't give me, I can't get ready by October the 10th. You can get ready. But if they don't have the votes, they're not going to do it. Now, Dan Patrick says, and DP was the first to say what the vote was. He got it wrong, but, you know, he was pretty close. Dan Patrick says Michigan's not going to play. Michigan, Michigan State. Illinois team's not going to play. Illinois, Northwestern. Maryland's not going to play. Rutgers not going to play. And Dan says it doesn't give them enough teams. It gives them enough teams. Eight teams, that's enough. That's enough. So we'll see. If they re-vote, they're going to play football. If they don't have the votes, well then, they're not going to play football. Uh, we got to get to September 11th. We got to get to Skip Bayless. We got to get to Minnesota Cutting Sports. And the Rutgers president said something really stupid. And the Michigan governor is doing something really stupid. But in advance of all that, let me remind you that you'd be silly to go to uh, healthcare.gov, the government website, now that we're in the open enrollment period or it's approaching, and line up your own health insurance and think, well, uh, you know, I just uh, I, I want to make sure everything's covered, so I'm going to get the Cadillac plan. Cost yourself money you don't need to pay. I can't afford much, so I'm going to get the bare bones plan. Oh, wonderful idea, except that your doctor is the closest one 100 miles away, and the hospital down the street won't take your insurance. How can you figure all that out painlessly without spending hours and hours and hours on a website without calling? Yeah, what do you think the odds are? You call the number at healthcare.gov and you're going to get somebody really, really helpful. Zippo. But if you go to auinfo.com and ask for Chrissy or any of their fine employees, 17 of them total, small business so if you're a small business owner, you're a business owner, big business owner, you're an individual, auiinfo.com navigates and knows and has committed to memory all the latest information on health insurance plans. They'll walk you through. This will be your doctor choice. This will be your hospital choice. This is what you'll get. This is what you're leaving on the table. They can help you with all that. If you're an employer and you're trying to attract great employees, the best way you do it is with what? I know salary, but what else? Benefits, benefits. AUI Info will help you navigate the healthcare situation and the HR issues that you have as a business owner. AUIinfo.com. They are wonderful. Chrissy is awesome. You will thank me for getting to know Chrissy and Julie and Steve and all the other great people at AUIinfo.com. So check it out. AUIinfo.com. All right. To uh, the lovely and talented Gretchen Whitmer, governor of the state of Michigan. Uh, you may have seen that Gretchen Whitmer green-lighted football in the state of Michigan, high school football, and everybody was like, see, there, uh, Gretchen Whitmer's not going to be an impediment to football in the state of Michigan. What, what is Dan Patrick talking about? Well, then, late, let's see, today's Friday, so late Wednesday night, Governor Whitmer uh, clarified her order clearing contact sports in the high schools in the state of Michigan. And the way she clarified it would make me steaming mad if I were a parent of a player 
in high school sports in the state of Michigan because she said, uh, sure, you can play volleyball, you can run cross country, you can play soccer, you can play football, that's fine. But you got to wear a mask, not out of your car and walk into the field like you do here in Ohio. No, 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 no. You got to wear a mask while you're practicing and while you're competing. That's right, friends. You get to wear a mask while you're sweating it out in practice during games. Now, she did, bless her heart, she did say that you don't have to wear a mask if you're swimming. So she's not completely crazy, just partially crazy. Can you believe that? If 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 my child had to wear a mask practicing and playing, she would not be playing. Because I do not think that is safe to be breathing in your own CO2 and to be self-overheating with a mask around your nose and mouth while you're exerting yourself physically. But, hey, people in Michigan, do your own thing. Now, um, I did fail to mention on the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost lawsuit, why do I think Dave Yost is doing that if Ohio State is not going to be a willing party to that lawsuit? I think Dave Yost is doing it because it scores a ton of political points for Dave Yost down the road. What, what's the downside? What's the downside to that? He gets to always and forever brand himself. I'm the guy who fought for Ohio State football. Remember me, Dave Yost, when I'm running for whatever I'm running for. Remember me. I'm the guy who had your back on that. That's why he's doing it. That is why he's doing it. Minnesota is cutting sports. Why are they doing that? Because, hey, losses from COVID. They are cutting, here we go, men's indoor track, men's outdoor track, men's gymnastics, and men's tennis. The ladies come through it fine. Minnesota, until they whacked these four sports, offered 25 varsity sports. That's the eighth largest offering of sports in the Big Ten. So they're just a little bit below the uh, median amount. And they are expected to take a $75 million hit. Iowa has cut sports. Minnesota has cut sports. Stanford has cut sports. Uh, Bowling Green, of course, has cut sports. A lot of people have cut sports. A lot of people will cut sports. And I think Ohio State is eventually going to have to cut from 36. This gets to part of why I think the Big Ten is not as committed to playing sports as Ohio State is committed to playing sports. Football and then women's soccer will follow. Everything follows. I've said this on the podcast before. I said it on uh, Birmingham radio station yesterday. I see other people saying it now on social media. Hey, you know, maybe I'm beginning to, I saw a tweet. I'm beginning to think the Big Ten presidents don't want to play football. Well, yeah, what gave it away? <laughs> the Big Ten presidents may not like football as much as you like football. They like, you know, whining and dining people in their boxes, and they like donors coming and their wallets opening when the football team is good. They like that. They don't like the fact that if you're Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, Maryland, on and on and on and on, you got to spend, 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 because you're trying to keep up with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, mostly Ohio State. They don't like that. They don't like the fact that people obsess about, ah, oh, we've got to fire this coach. Blah, blah. You think the Maryland president liked going through the whole thing with uh, Jordan McNair, the young man who died? Now, nobody wants to see a young man die, but then the lawsuits and the this and the that, and the, uh, we get rid of DJ Durkin, and we hire Mike Loxley, and 
No, they don't like going through that. If they can simplify their lives, athletically speaking, they'd like to do that. And I think that is why a lot of Big Ten presidents don't want to play football. Minnesota's athletic department is going to be easier to manage the smaller it is. And Big Ten athletic departments are, and I don't mean this as a as an indictment of the program's um, and or as saying something that, look, it's not worthwhile doing what they're doing. But Big Ten athletic programs are bloated. They are bloated. They are, they are doing things that don't make financial sense. And I'm not talking about paying coaches six, seven million dollars. That's capitalism. That's fine. That's what the market will bear. But isn't there something a little strange? about the fact that Northwestern, the only private school in the Big Ten, offers 19 varsity sports, the fewest in the Big Ten, and that is one more varsity sport than Texas, the richest athletic program in the country with its own television network and lots of oil men giving to it. Texas offers 18 sports. SEC, they don't offer way more than 20 sports like the Big Ten does. Are the opportunities great? Yes. Would the opportunities in terms of the intangibles that you gain from playing sports be just exactly the same or appreciably so if a lot of the Olympic sports, also known as non-revenue sports, should be known as revenue-draining sports? Women's ice hockey, for instance. Wouldn't they be able to glean the same intangible lessons if those were really high-end club sports, but not scholarshiped varsity sports? I would argue yes. I would argue yes. Now, I don't like the way the presidents are going about this because I don't think their motives are being truly stated But I do think something good can come from something bad. In fact, you should always endeavor to do that. And so we'll see if I'm right, if Big Ten schools follow the lead of Iowa and Minnesota, and if, in fact, Ohio State is one of those schools that does that. I hope you follow my lead, either to Mechanicsburg, Ohio, in the headquarters of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, or to their website, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I was over there this week. I picked up. Oh, man, I just remembered. I picked up three one-pound bags of coffee for a friend of mine. He's probably listening to this podcast going, hey, where's my coffee? Because, you know, you can't start your day if you don't have the tasty cup of coffee that you really want to have. And Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is the best coffee you will ever taste because they source it from around the world. And they're discerning in their buying. They buy from Indonesia. They buy from Thailand. They buy from Ethiopia. And they're always looking at other countries. I know they're looking at Ecuador. The growers in those countries then get more money from Hemisphere than they would if they went through government channels because, they guess, what do you think the chances are you get a fair shake from the <laughs> third world government? Not a chance, my friend. But Paul and Grace and Andy are very generous with the growers around the world because they're getting a great deal. They're getting great coffee, and then they bring it right to you via their website, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. And you can get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. We tackle life in all caps. And you are good to go. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is uh, Mr. Spielman's go-to coffee, favorite coffee. He loves it. It's also Mrs. Spielman, her favorite coffee, which, again, the coffee wars have broken out. I hazard to think what happened to that box 
of Hunter's Blend Coffee that I presented to Mr. Spielman on Wednesday, and then he got on a plane and flew to San Francisco. Heaven knows where those K-Cups might be hiding now that he's 3,000 miles away. Oh, make sure you hide them well, Care. Make sure you hide them well. Uh, I doubt Skip Bayless is hiding today, but he probably should be. Um, again, I'm a First Amendment guy. I'm not boycott guy. I'm not, you said what? You should be fired. I'm not that guy either. Look, Skip Bayless is a provocateur. If that's news to you, well, uh, you've had a nice long nap. Skip Bayless was a provocateur at ESPN. He's a provocateur at Fox. He's paid handsomely to be a provocateur. The problem with being a provocateur, we've seen this with Don Imus. We see it with Howard Stern. I've fallen into this trap a time or two. Is that when you get notoriety and when you traffic in Today, I got to say something a little bit more outrageous than the previous day. Eventually, as you walk through that minefield, you're going to step on a mine. Skip Bayless uh, jumped on a mine yesterday with a really tone-deaf opinion on Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback, who said that after his brother committed suicide this summer, Dak said he suffered depression. And Skip Bayless came with the old school, you know, Right, straight out of the 1950s and, uh, you know, the Junction Boys opinion. Well, he's a leader of men as a quarterback, and I don't want him going public with the fact that he suffered depression. That is what Skip said. Now, a lot of people are saying that he mocked Dak Prescott for suffering depression. He didn't do that. And I'm not defending Skip Bayless. I just like to be accurate. He said, I don't have sympathy for going public. He didn't say he doesn't have sympathy for Dak Prescott. He'd have to be an idiot not to have sympathy for someone whose brother committed suicide. Bayless thought it was a bad idea for Dak Prescott to go public with the fact that he suffered depression because his brother committed suicide and he didn't feel like working out. First of all, you know, look, I don't dis- I don't agree with Skip's opinion. I've known people who've suffered from depression. Depression is real. Kevin Love has helped bring it out into the open, and I think that's good. Uh, I think it actually shows great leadership by Dak Prescott to disclose his own vulnerability. I'm sure he has the buy-in of his teammates on that. Anyone, any human being with any compassion at all can understand why you can fall into that. If you're clinically depressed, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean you need to be, you know, restrained in a straitjacket. Come on over into the 21st century. It just means that for a time, life overwhelmed you. And we need to be sensitive to that. And I hope we are getting closer to being sensitive to that. I hope we're getting getting to the point where opinions like the one Skip Bayless stated yesterday are not the mindset of anyone or are not even stated because, ah, this will get me headlines. So... Just if you don't like Skip Bayless and you don't like what Skip Bayless said, here's an idea. Don't watch Skip Bayless. <laughs> okay? Don't watch him. If you got a newspaper reporter, you don't like Nicole Auerbach. A lot of Buckeye fans are all over Nicole Auerbach. A lot of Buckeye fans are all over Pat Forty. Uh, Chris Vanini of The Athletic. And I get it. I get it. They are openly, to me it seems, and 
I know Pat well. I like Pat as a friend. Uh, maybe Pat, you know, won't like me saying this. It seems like Pat is openly rooting against football being played. That's his right. That's his right. I don't know Nicole Auerbach. I got to tell you, I'm not super impressed uh, with her abilities based upon what I've read of hers lately, but I haven't surveyed the whole body of her work. I'm sure she uh, is quite good at some things uh, when it comes to reporting. And and so, you know, fine. Uh, every, opinions, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Opinions, there are many flavors of them. Some you'll like, some you won't. If you don't like Nicole Auerbach's opinion... Don't subscribe to The Athletic. If you want your opinion to perhaps impact Nicole Auerbach's future, then don't subscribe and don't click on her story. Because I know that people at The Athletic whose stories don't get clicked on aren't at The Athletic very long. If you don't watch Skip Bayless and a bunch of your friends don't watch Skip Bayless, and millions of people stop watching Skip Bayless, guess what? You won't have Skip Bayless to not watch because Fox will take him off. They will not pay him what they're paying him because no one's watching, and that's what they're paying him to do, get people to watch. So don't boycott. It's not the advertiser's fault Skip Bayless said something dumb. It's not, yeah, Athletic doesn't have advertising, but it's not, you know, it's not Jason Lloyd's fault. Nicole Auerbach said what she said or wrote what she wrote. I saw a tweet this morning. She's the conscience of college football. And I, the guy who tweeted that, Sports by Brooks, man, I like Brooks. I know a lot of people think Brooks is crazy. I like Brooks. I don't know if Brooks still likes me or not because our political opinions are vastly different. But I know Brooks to be a guy who can argue his point. And you know me, I can argue my point. So the next time Brooks and I talk, which I hope we do because I really like him personally, He'll tell me why I'm an idiot, and I'll tell him why I disagree with him, and I assume our relationship will continue. Can't, what? Could we just do that in everything? Wouldn't it be great if we could just do that in everything? Has cancel culture made us better? Has it made us better? Oh, he said this, you're out. You're out. You're done. you got to be fired. I'm highly outraged. Everybody's Tony Bruno. It's an outrage. That's stupid. Like, just don't watch. Don't read. People who can't argue their opinions, who just have to name call and rip and boycott and all that, I just think, what? just tell me what you think and why you think it, and if we disagree, okay, we'll just disagree. So, you know, I strenuously disagree with what Skip Bayless said. I strenuously disagree with Pat Forty, Dennis Dodd, Vahe Gregorian, Nicole Auerbach, Chris Vanini, and others who... It seems to me are against the Big Ten playing football. I believe it's safe for the Big Ten to play football, and I think the Big Ten ought to play football. But I'm not going to stop being friends with people who I disagree with. I can't even fathom living in a world where I don't associate with people that I don't agree with. Now, you know, it's because I know those people, a lot of them personally, and I like much about them. Some people, like a guy who, you know, said something to me last night on Twitter, there are people who I just don't have time to get to know everybody. <laughs> nor do you. So some opinions, you know, they don't matter. They don't matter. And so, you know, whatever. But it's not worth being supremely disagreeable over because then you end up in court and that's no fun unless, how's this for a segue, unless you're represented by 
Stan and Kelly and all the great attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling. Yes. Don't you want an attorney who has integrity and character and expertise and a broad range of knowledge? Of course you do. That way, you don't have to go hunting for a specialist every time you have an issue legally. No, you can have a full-service law firm with expertise in, among many things, workers' compensation, wills and estate planning, personal injury, contracts, on and on and on. I can't really recite off the top of my head every nook and cranny into which Willis Spangler Starling's expertise extends, but I know this. You're not going to come at them with anything that they haven't handled before or can't handle going forward. Truman Boulevard in Hilliard is where Willis Spangler Starling's offices are located. I encourage you to bookmark willisattorneys.com. You've gotten to a point in your life where you're successful and you have everything dotted and crossed, every T, every I, except you don't have a go-to attorney. Well, you do now. It's willisattorneys.com. Willisattorneys.com. Great people. Highly recommended. You want someone who you can trust, someone who has your back, someone who you know won't get caught off guard, and someone who stands for all the right things when it comes to protecting your legal rights. You want Willis Spangler Starling. Now, we have today the uh, COVID-19 drawing. Four names coming out of the hat, $250 each, thanks to uh, Mr. Spielman selling his Big Ten championship rings for volunteer energy, for Spielman CBD products, for all the other people who have uh, contributed. But the lion's share of this came from Chris giving sacrificially to do what he felt compelled to do, which is help people in need from COVID-19. So our first winner is uh, Rick on behalf of, uh, I believe Aaron is his daughter, in fact, I know she is. Our second winner is Joseph for his brother, Steve. Our third winner is uh, Gabe for his friend, Dan. Get down to the bottom here for the fourth winner. Our fourth winner is uh, David. For him. Oh, this is nice. David, for his mom, Susan. Fantastic. There you go. We'll, uh, we'll report that, and you'll be hearing from uh, the lovely Mrs. Spielman, and we'll get the information uh, for Aaron, for Steve, for Dan, for mom. Excellent, 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 excellent. All right, speaking of Nicole Auerbach and the Athletics, she had a long story uh, in tandem with uh, Bill Landis, who does a great job with the Athletic. Um about the Big Ten, and she quoted the Rutgers president. <laughs> she quoted the Rutgers president saying that President Trump getting involved with Kevin Warren on a phone call to try to nudge Big Ten football along uh, was, and I quote, cheap politics. Cheap politics. Um, okay. Sometimes we debate the merits of something and there's really no point in debating the merits of something. That is the Rutgers president's opinion. I do not share the opinion. Here's what I would ask the Rutgers president. So, so what if it was cheap politics? If he made 
rapid tests available to the Big Ten, if he did anything at all with that phone call to bring heat on the Big Ten to explain its reasons for not playing or to get the Big Ten closer to playing, is that a bad thing, Rutgers president? You might not like it because you might be afraid that that means that uh, Donald Trump is going to win Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and with it, the election. You may not like that, and I understand why you may not like that. But uh, you're in position to help kids recognize their dreams. Kids who want to be accountants, kids who want to be doctors, kids who want to be lawyers, kids who want to be football players. Is it possible, Mr. Rutgers president, Mr. Cheap Politics, uh, is it possible that you can dislike someone and yet see, I don't know, if only one, at least one good thing that they've done? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. And so I think that uh, Donald Trump is doing what you as Rutgers president should be doing, which is uh, sticking up for kids and trying to make it so that they can pursue their dreams. I don't think that's a bad thing. Even if Barack Obama were still president and he were intervening to get Big Ten football played and Barack Obama were in the midst of his first term and he were running for his second term, it would not make me vote for him. For a second term, because, of course, he does not share my position on pro-life issues. But, but, I could admit that in that instance, yes, that's a good thing that President Obama is doing. Helping us play Big Ten football. A good thing. So, go back to work, Rutgers president. Do your thing, and hopefully we'll be playing football soon. All right. Uh, I cannot end a podcast on September the 11th without talking about September the 11th. Uh, My birthday is in close proximity to September 11th. And um, it just all, ever since 9-11, it's just brought a, and it's not, and I don't know what was me. It's just that I, I'll never look at my birthday the same. I'll never look at September the same. I'll never look at our country the same. I remember as a kid, uh, I would see videos on TV of um, bombs exploding in um, marketplaces in the Middle East. Uh, airplanes being hijacked in the Middle East. Airplanes blowing up over Europe. And I'd think, man, aren't we fortunate to live here in the U.S. where, um, where that doesn't happen, where that's not commonplace. And then on September the 11th, 2001, a Tuesday morning, just after 9 o'clock, we learned how that feels. I've never forgotten that feeling. I remember the first time I heard what had happened. I was in a convenience store in London, Ohio, after a meeting. Today's show was on a few minutes after 9 o'clock. I knew it went off at 9. I asked the guy, why? Why is the Today Show still on? And this was before, um, well, actually, the second plane had just hit the second tower, and it was just a, a, a surreal day. I'd just been married, uh, driving home, called my wife. I saw a few planes still in the air. It was that early. I, I, I vividly remember telling her, I don't know if I'm going to see you again. I don't know what kind of world we're in. 
I don't know if I'm going to watch a plane fly into a building on the Columbus horizon as I'm driving home. I've never forgotten that, and we should never forget that. As I thought about September 11th coming this morning, I just thought about the families who lost somebody and how do you ever move past the grief and how do you ever move past the why and how do you ever move past the anger. And there's only one way that I know, and that's with what we're all compelled to do, which is forgive but does not mean forget. Forgiving someone does not mean forgetting. Forgiving means releasing your preoccupation with the wrong done to you. Uh, It means that you can move on because you become the prisoner when you don't forgive. I if you've lived very long at all, somebody's going to have done something to you most likely that will compel you to either forgive them and move past it or to always be limited by your bitterness toward them. Um I believe forgiveness, if you understand it and if you can extend it, it opens the door to you to it opens the door for you to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that is what the gospel is all about. Forgiveness. That's why Jesus came to earth as a baby, lived a sinless life, died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Why? so we could be forgiven of our sins, so we could be cleansed of the penalty, spared the penalty for violating God's standard of perfection. No human being can meet God's standard of perfection where their words, their deeds, their thoughts are pure 100% of the time. No one can meet that standard. Christ met that standard, died, and then rose again to a new life, which enables us, once we claim the forgiveness that he executed on our behalf, that we are called figuratively to a new life, to eternal life with God. If you cannot understand forgiveness, if you cannot extend forgiveness, then I think it'll be very hard for you to comprehend your need for forgiveness as a sinner to accept Christ's provision of forgiveness so that God no longer sees you as you are, and as you will, by the way, continue to be, hopefully not as often, certainly not as often. If you don't understand forgiveness, then Jesus said, if you can't forgive others, God is not going to forgive you. So forgiveness is everything, and I just think about those 9-11 families, and I pray that they can find it in their heart to forgive, never forget, shed the bitterness, and move on and find comfort. Um, Whatever you have suffered, abuse, betrayal, um, an unjust deed done to someone you love or to you, forgiveness must happen for you to 
live, truly live, truly live. Um, I've struggled with uh, giving it. I've struggled with receiving it. But I've gotten to a place where I truly do understand my need for forgiveness, and I have big time claimed it. And life is just so much better, so much more rich, so much more peaceful, so much more fulfilling, so much more enlightening, so much more joyous when you can forgive and when you can receive forgiveness. So I pray for those 911, 9-11 families um, that they can get there because what they suffered that day is horrendous enough that I genuinely hope and pray that it does not follow them the rest of their lives. But um, watch every special. Don't ignore the feelings that you have today because um, 3,000 people lost their lives unjustly because of a tremendous evil uh, that we have devoted a ton of resources and a ton additional lives to eradicating uh, from this life. Uh, I will leave you with that today, and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Chris uh, will be doing the Niners and the Cardinals uh, this is a reminder that everything that Chris and I say on this podcast is our own personal opinion. It is not a reflection of the opinions of our sponsors, uh, of our employers, uh, or of anyone else. Uh, but we come at this from uh, a heartfelt perspective. We encourage you to email the show anytime, Podcast at gmail.com, to nominate people for COVID-19 relief, to let us know your thoughts on our content. Uh, I hope to have uh, a very special guest with me on Monday to talk about the Bengals and the Browns season openers and perhaps about a Big Ten vote on Sunday that will give us a clear picture of when we might be seeing the Buckeyes back on the field. Until then, everyone enjoy your weekend. Keep those families uh, who lost someone they loved today 19 years ago very, very close to your heart and hug the people that you love. Thanks for joining me this morning. Have a great day.